Merry Christmas. You know, I so hope that you're doing well today and you're experiencing the joy of Christmas. I'm very grateful that wherever you happen to be, that you made a decision to join us, to allow God in this Christmas season maybe to intervene, to speak into your life, and uh, hopefully bring joy no matter what's going on around you. So let me ask, do you have any Christmas plans? Are you kind of a Christmas planner? Maybe you're planning to head out and go to family or to friends' homes today or, or, or tomorrow. Maybe you're heading to grandma's or you're heading to the in-laws. Or you might have multiple places to go over the next few days. Or maybe you plan or you're thrust into this quiet Christmas alone. Still, for some, right, we're establishing these family traditions. And what you're going to do is I'm just planning I'm going to stay right at home. It's just going to be my immediate family. And we're going to open presents, and then we're going to eat this really great food. Now, on the other hand, what could disrupt these plans? Maybe a flat tire on your car. Or, or, or maybe a blizzard. Well, it's unlikely with our current forecast. Or, or maybe a delay in shipping. Or a delay in Santa. Or maybe there's something else. Maybe you'll be disrupted by this unexpected guest who knocks on your front door and you weren't uh, ready for them to be there. I mean, none of us, right, really like our plans to be disrupted, do we? You know, that very first Christmas, it, it created a lot of disruptions into people's lives. For a teenage girl with an unplanned pregnancy by the Holy Spirit, I mean, it totally disrupted everything about her life. For her fiancé, right, this pregnancy, it, it disrupted his timeline, his plans. It, it disrupted his reputation. A and then this census requirement, it demanded that he take this nine-month pregnant woman on this Christmas trip to his family hometown of Bethlehem. You know, for the shepherds in a field that first Christmas, I mean, it disrupted their evening. They had this frightful sight of heavenly hosts, and then they had this late-night trip into town where they got to meet this baby boy who was in a manger. I mean, magi from the east, I mean, they were disrupted by the star that they saw, and it prompted them not just to witness and watch and look at it, but to move and to take action. And they went on this months-long journey to a place far from their home. And they went there to worship a king from a whole different country that was foretold in prophecy. You know, for King Herod, that first Christmas, it disrupted him. I mean, it disrupted his hold on power, and it fueled his fear and his paranoia and his anger. You know, even for us, Christmas can be disruptive. I mean, just remember back, just the last year, Christmas weekend of 2022, over 13,000 flights were canceled. Maybe that affected your ability to go somewhere. Or maybe it disrupted a friend or a loved one from coming to see you. Now, Christmas, for us, it can disrupt our lives in not-so-bad ways, right? I mean, we're off school until the new year. Most of us won't have to work on Christmas Day or maybe the whole next week. And when it comes to Christmas, culturally, well, we just stop. But just for a moment. And for those of us who follow Jesus, 
the disruption of Christmas, it's way more than just a cultural thing. It's spiritual. You see, if we let it, the disruption of Christmas, it can become personal. But just like everything else, we get to choose. I mean, we can be this casual observer on the sidelines, or we can be this personal eyewitness to the miraculous birth of Jesus that not only disrupts life as usual, but it leads to this personal encounter that changes our lives and our eternities. So, let me just take a moment and tell you the story of one man's disruption. Now, this guy would meet Jesus long after he was born, probably when Jesus was about 30 years old. Let me kind of read to you from the Gospel of Luke about this first interaction. Here's what we read it from Luke chapter 5. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him, and they were listening to the word of God. And he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats belonging to Simon. He asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night. We haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I'll let down the nets. When they'd done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. And so they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and they filled up both boats so full that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and he said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partner. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now, you're going to fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on the shore. They left everything, and they followed him. Well, I want to focus on one of the guys in the boat. The one called John. You see, John and his brother James, they were partners with Simon. And Simon, in the Bible, we also know as Peter. And, well, Simon or Peter, he has a brother, Andrew. And these are these collective fishing partners, and they're out. They're out fishing one day, and it is not at all a successful day. Matter of fact, it says they caught no fish. And it's on that day that Simon, Andrew, James, and John meet Jesus. And Jesus disrupts them and tells them that they would no longer fish for fish, but they would now fish for people. So John, he leaves his profession of fishing to follow this teacher, Jesus. And over the next three years or so, John's life would be constantly disrupted. You see, he would watch Jesus perform amazing miracles. He he would watch Jesus teach eternity-changing truths. He would walk with Jesus. He would eat with Jesus. He he even got chastised or disciplined by Jesus. You see, he and his brother, James, they got the nickname Sons of Thunder. John's life was disrupted when he would be the only one of the 12 at the foot of the cross when Jesus was crucified. John was disrupted when, from the cross, Jesus would tell him, John, 
This is my mother Mary. She is now your mother. You take care of her after I die. John would be disrupted three days later when he and Simon or Peter would arrive at the empty tomb and they'd discover, well, Jesus was alive. Now, many years later, when John is much, much older, historians tell us that John was probably somewhere around 75 years old when the first time he would actually put pen to paper and write the Gospel of John. Now, in all, John would pen five books that we find in our New Testament. And when it came time for John to start this Gospel of John, to to write about the story of Jesus and and the, the birth of Jesus, well, John did so in this incredibly different yet poetic way. So if I could, let let me read it to you. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through all things were made. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. And and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all... To all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right, the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. And the word became flesh, made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace. And truth. You know, as that star lit up the night for the Magi to follow, as those angels lit up the night for those shepherds and proclaimed that the Messiah had been born, Jesus' birth, it lit up the night. It came as this disruption to a dark world. I mean, John writes, in him was life. And the the life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You know, as we look at the world here in 2023, sometimes it feels very dark. And it can be dark on the outside or dark on the inside. And we live in a time and place that we need a star. We need a star. We need a a a host of heavenly angels. We are in desperate need of a Savior, the Messiah, the Christ child, Jesus. And and so I just have to wonder, how can I, how can you, how, how can we be representatives of this light to this world, this world that's searching for hope? It's searching for meaning. It's searching for love. But before we look to the outside, let me challenge you about the inside. 
Let, let me ask, when did Jesus' presence in the world first disrupt you? I mean, can you remember that feeling of awe, that feeling of wonderment, that feeling of indescribable peace after you had began this relationship with Jesus? Maybe right now, you're in need of that light again. So, so I ask, well, what disruption do you need? What would it look like for you if in the next 24 hours that you might allow Jesus to disrupt your normal Christian to, uh, Christmas traditions? Maybe like Mary and Joseph, uh, the shepherds, the magi, that you and I we can be eyewitnesses to Jesus' birth. You know, because of the Holy Spirit, you and I, we are eyewitnesses to the difference that Jesus' presence makes in our lives and the difference that he changes the lives of those around us. Not then, but today. You know, during 2023 here at Restore, we've had this front row seat to watch Jesus disrupt the lives of 47 people who chose to say yes to following Jesus and yes to going public with their faith and baptism. Here are just a few who have been disrupted by Jesus in a way that changed their everything forever. I was disrupted by Jesus when I found myself crying out to God, desperate to break free. In Jesus, I have found someone I can talk to and someone who will speak back to me. I was disrupted by Jesus on Easter Sunday. I wasn't expecting to get baptized that day, but I just knew that Jesus was asking me to. Now I know that Jesus will be in my life forever as my constant friend and leader. I was disturbed by Jesus when my granddaughter began coming back to church. Through her newfound faith, I was inspired to also allow Jesus to lead my life and future. Jesus disrupted my life when I began to see him work and move in my mom's life, and it was incredibly contagious. Because of the change I saw in her, I decided to explore who Jesus is and what he is all about. Jesus has been disrupting my life over the past eight years now. I have finally put all the pieces together, and I know that Jesus will be the main priority in my life from now until I die. You know, if you haven't been disrupted by Jesus, is now the time? Are you ready? Are you ready to believe in this Jesus and to become a child of God? I love how John writes this when he says, yet to all, to all, all who do, did, will receive him, to those who believe in his name. He gives us the right, the pathway, the incredible opportunity to be children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but we get to be children born of God. You know, here's what I've come to know. And here's what I so want you to understand from the depths of my soul. When you, when I, when we allow Jesus to disrupt us, we are forever transformed. As I close our time together, I want us to do something different. 
something together, to do something out loud. So if you would, wherever you are, here's what I want you to do. Uh, these words from the Gospel of John are going to come on the screen, and I'm going to read them, and I want you, wherever you are, to read them out loud with me. So here we go. On the count of three, we're going to do this together. One, two, three. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. For he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. My friends, let the light of Jesus disrupt you this Christmas. Let's pray. Father God, we are so grateful that you make this promise just as you did on that first Christmas where there was darkness and Jesus came to bring light. God, he is doing again and again in our lives and in our world. So whatever darkness we experience, God, the darkness on the inside or the darkness on the outside, we know that you have sent Jesus as to be this eternal light for us. So Father, I just pray that over the course of the next hours, this next day or two, that we would be disrupted, that we would be disrupted by the truth of how much we're loved, how you so desire to be a part, not just of our Christmas life, but our everyday lives. And that God, you have a, a purpose and a call for us in the relationships that you surround us with, be it our family, our friends, and where we work. And God, we pray that you would give us the boldness and the courage to be the purveyors, the bringers of your hope, your love, and your mercy. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Merry Christmas.